Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Well, good morning from your favorite Small Business Wake-Up guys, and Happy New Year to all. Hey, good morning, Lonnie. Good morning, Stanley. Oh, I must say, you look like you really enjoyed the holidays, maybe one more cannoli than you should have had, huh? Well, yeah, I have to admit. I just can't get enough of those cannolis from Termites in South Philly, where we grew up. And I hope your holidays were great as well, and it looks like the Latkes and Kugel also took a toll on you. And of course, Happy New Year to all our listeners, wishing you a great <laughs> 2022. And we hope today's session begins that on a high level. Well, you got the right food, just the wrong holiday, Lonnie, but that's good enough. I appreciate the thought. <laughs> so with that good cheer, I guess we can start the new year with a couple of bad jokes like we just did, and maybe we better grow repertoire what? for our humor. You only have Kugel, you only have Kugel at a different time? Sure. What the hell is that? <laughs> no, we do have Come it on, time, that's true. <laughs> but I, we go for turkey stuff. That's it, we're, we're exactly. All, all American. <laughs> and speaking of growing, we all know that in order to grow, you have to change. If not... We just get the same thing over and over again. And to change, you really should have a plan unless you like believe in operating by the seat of your pants, which if you think it's going to help you get better results or less risk and less aggravation, you're asking for trouble and you perhaps don't mind kicking yourself in the butt later. And they say, you know, a little joke line on the first is, do you know how to make yep. God laugh? Exactly. Tell him your plan. Would you go into battle with a bunch of generals who didn't have a battle plan? Of course not, including having one that's a backup to the first one if it fails. But planning is not going to be today's topic. You know that because planning is worthless without execution. And that's where the rubber is going to meet the road. I did a search on the words planning and execution, and I got five times more hits for planning than execution. And yet it's probably just as important, if not more important. Imagine my surprise. Oh, yeah. What can I tell you? An action, just do it. And follow-up, and that's the key. We're going to talk about follow-up. There's too many things slipping through the cracks because of it. So we've got to answer the question, how are we going to make this happen? And that includes, of course, the planning process itself. But then you must have the mechanisms, and it's the key word, systems and processes to assure that we act upon the plan. Since we started a new year, I'm sure you all have your to-do lists of commitment. Yeah, yeah. list. Look at your list now. Stan, so let's just, <laughs> like our listeners, I got plenty of items on my list. My problem is like theirs. It's that's mostly from last year or even older. 
Hey, true confessions. And you're not alone, Lonnie. Since we're into transparency, let me share my true confessions one. And I'll bet you our listeners will find it quite familiar. So for me, I've got all kinds of lists. I got a list. Of, I went to the office. I had five things to do. And I went to the office. And I did five things. But guess what I discovered when I left the office? The five things didn't have any of the ones I had on the list to begin with. That's called like distraction. Yeah. Stan, we all get that. My lists have lists. It's like the first day of school, all full of good intentions to begin the new year until the first phone call or Zoom meeting. Then things are back to normal and my lists go out the window. Oh, and don't you love the kinds where we go to clients who say, do you have a business plan? Oh, yeah. Let me show you. Let me show you. And they <laughs> pull it out and you look at it and you go like, so show me the ones that are done. And then they look at you with a yeah. deer in the headlight. I mean, I've written a ton of business plans. The problem was once we matched their activities and timing with the plan, there was such a big disparity. It was a total gap between there and what execution would be. We all know, look, well, how do we go off script? A, life happens. And if that's not enough, that's right. then shit happens. <laughs> all the stuff that we didn't plan. So there's so many ways to go off part. And unfortunately, if it wasn't common, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Everyone knows what we're talking about, yet how many are really taking a look at what are the things that are kind of not getting done and not being executed? So Stan, how can we be assured that we stick to it, meaning we stay on course with our plan? I guess the simple way is, as we do with a lot of things, we got to look at the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why, as well as the how of the plan. So let's talk about how you can stay on track. And the first one is the big one, and that's called commitment. Not just from the top, the CEO, the owners, the top management team, but right down to the working staff who's part of the team and really make sure that they have enough information, enough cause, if you will, to really want to buy in and commit to doing this, not holding your feet accountable at the top, not just the yeah. bottom. I mean, they have to own it, no question. Well, how about where your client loves to be the big picture guy, has zero feeling, though, for how to make the plan happen, and then expect somebody else to execute on with little follow-up or control mechanisms built in. Well, I was CEO of my own businesses. I was also COO for a couple of turnarounds, helping the big picture guy, because this is why he's in trouble anyway, make his plan happen. And that's what I was there for, to help the business execute in their plans, since he, and in one case, she couldn't and had driven the company into a ditch. Hey, Lottie, if you're Jeff Bezos, you can afford to be a big picture guy. <laughs> but a typical small business owner, when I hear a guy say or a woman say to me, well, I'm a big yeah, picture person, I start to get right. scared because I think they're basically saying, don't hold me accountable to get in. It's not, I'm a vice yes, president exactly. of teaming. <laughs> and I'm all for yeah. vision and all that. But I don't want that as a, a big picture guy as a cop out for not being responsible for getting stuff yeah, done. Yeah, that's right. And of course- the employees can see that. Of course. Too. It's like we plan, but we never complete anything. Well, I had one I told you about this telemarketing client of mine way back, and he was a, a quote, big picture. I went to Babson, but had marketing degree, really, really big picture guy. But don't hold your breath to follow through with this guy. It was like worse than watching someone learn how to play a sport by trial and error versus getting lessons. He flipped and he flopped. He expanded the mission. He reduced the resources. It was just throwing shit against the wall. And that's what it took for me to be the non-picture guy to take it from 15 to 16. Yeah, but see, Stan, we haven't told anybody anything so far that they didn't already know. How do you view what we're going to talk about today as different? Well, I'm not so much sure it's about being different, but I think we always talk about going back to the basics. 
So we're not trying to tell you, our listeners, that we're going to surprise the hell out of you with anything new. What I would ask you to do is to use what we're saying as a checklist against your own routine, if you will, to see if you're following through. So let's get back to the basics. So what's a business plan? What's an operating plan other than a battle plan? And battle conditions change. That's the name of the game. In fact, even though we say the joke, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plan. That's all the more reason to plan because it's your beach throwing shit against the wall to use the GPS metaphor, global position systems we all know about. And imagine a lot of young people know what GPS is but don't know what the letters stand for. <laughs> Who would want to take a trip? Is that like Google with Maps? GPS? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll go back to the old hard copy maps. Yes. So if we look at that plan as kind of GPS, it's going to help us stay on track and, of course, let us know when we need to sometimes change direction, if you will, or even the speed at which we're driving this ship, if you will, this car. The failure to execute is perhaps one of the most important things. And worst of all, sometimes it just takes one thing to be missed to blow the whole thing up. The devil's in the details, as they say. Absolutely, Stan. Hey, Lonnie, imagine having to say, hey, we had a great sales plan, but we blew it because we failed to execute on a timely basis on our recruiting program, which today is even more critical. Now, so much not an issue of getting the sales. It's, can we deliver on the sales? You didn't hire the people, so now you got pissed off customers because you can't meet delivery dates. I mean, that's unbelievable. But hey, you told me a story once about doing whitewater rafting, which I can't believe that you even tried, but at least it was long ago. So yeah, I get it. But tell that yeah, story. Yeah, about 25 years I ago. I love it. In fact, it's a, hard, it's a hard story to believe, I'll tell you. But this is a perfect example, Lonnie. And we've all experienced these minor details that are being missed. So, you know, what do you think they forgot to bring enough of on the whitewater rafting trip that I took down the Colorado River with my son? It was 87 miles. You had to hike out to the top of the rim at the end. What do you think they missed? No, not the cream cheese that they used to make cream cheese cakes that they cooled in the river. Not the steaks, not the hamburgers, like commode things called toilet paper <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of that got our attention real fast now they did resolve it <laughs> at probably great cost i might add but they didn't have enough to begin with as we all discovered halfway through the trip <laughs> well, that's talk about rationing Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> give us something lonnie well the critical thing though and see, this is the thing you do, which you would have done before you went on the whitewater rafting trip, is the assessment of where you are, where you're going to go. And this has to be an honest look. And I hope I'm not creating any confusion because what I'm not saying is you could never change course along the way. No. Mm-mm. Example, you're not looking for perfection. No. What you're looking for is, it's kind of like when we do our podcast. We're never going to be perfect. God, do we know that already. But it's really where you're going with this. You have to assess where you're starting from and where you have to go. Stan, talk about positives and negatives. Everyone's familiar with the term SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So let me kind of frame it in that context that we're all familiar with. When you look at your plan, are you identifying and really prioritizing your biggest strength, work on your strength. And that's really important in terms of building a plan. But then again, you also have weaknesses or the roadblocks that are going to come along to interfere with you. In essence, what are the 
They make three to five things that just flat out, they got to be fixed. And if you don't do it, you're just going to be dragging your foot out the door trying to stop the car with your foot instead of a good brake system. And whether or not the team is, whether it's issues like sales and marketing or systems or the back office operation or just baseline culture issues, simply that, we talk about drama and things like that, or your customer base and issues you have in terms of your relationship with those customers or clients. Sometimes just one simple challenge, like I said earlier, just one little thing needs to stand in the way can totally create the blockage. And see, if you've defined the roadblocks, but you're not fixing them with this plan, it's a waste of time. That's an important part of all of this. And it's human nature to kind of want to ignore the things that just make you crazy that you don't think you can control. And you somehow figure, well, if I work on the other things, you th- other things will resolve themselves. Now, frankly, that sometimes can happen, but that's usually a pipe dream. But the one I like most, Lonnie, you and I know, it's really our raison d'etre of how we show clients payback for the big fees they're paying us. And that's called opportunities, but in particular, missed opportunities. When we can help a client identify opportunities that they really, maybe they're aware of it, but they're not acting upon them and help them prioritize, maybe reprioritize. That's where the payback often can come. So we're not pissing away valuable time and money and missed opportunity working on things that have less payback and maybe have too great a risk to even be dealing with, kind of pissing in the wind. So your plan has to be looking at opportunities, even if you haven't yet define how you're going to address them. And lastly, as we said, the threats that exist. Who predicted the pandemic? And people who are dealing with it and just conquering it head on, they're prospering while others are still suffering, trying to catch up with the regulations. It could be a possible anticipated loss of big customer. And you didn't know it because your sales department isn't telling you that they have a pissed off customer that's at risk. And they're not figuring that in the forecast. Or just geographic market conditioning. Because there's a pandemic, and the fact that it taught small business owners how to be used to using Zoom or other platforms, we now have a virtual operation that we wouldn't have had without it because we wouldn't have the millions of dollars we would have to spend to convince small business owners to use Zoom or otherwise pre-pandemic. Perfect example. In fact, Lonnie, I know you got a whole lot. You're going to talk about how you solve these problems. Why don't we take a moment and let our audience listen to some of this here. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, 
Back to Lonnie and Stan. So let's talk about solving fixable problems. This is where your plan is actually developed and it's the basis for its execution. What are the key goals? Keep them few and simple. Don't tell me about the 27 goals you have because you can't track them and you sure as hell can't hit them. Identify all the roadblocks within your control. This is important because there might be 15 of them, but what are the three most important ones? I like three always. And if you can get those three, then pick another three. What are the resources that you're going to have available to develop and implement the plan and develop a plan of action that includes problem definition? Why does the problem exist? I say this to clients all the time. I say this to you listeners. If you could figure out why the problem exists, you are on your way to solving it. And who's going to be assigned to fix it by when? And what's the desired result? Build your plan on your strengths. That's the important thing. Build it on your strengths. Because then you know this will work. You're going to use your strengths to really correct your weaknesses, drive better results. It's in leveraging those strengths during execution brings out the best. And then determine how you're going to track the results over time. I've helped a lot of small businesses develop and execute their plans. But one of the ones that really sticks out is where a client asked me to review their plan before they executed on it. They'd already done it. I spent exactly one week talking to management and key staff members and then delivered the bad news. Their annual plan, which they said it consumed a better part of two months, was simply pie in the sky. The key element was a new product line which the salespeople felt missed the mark of what customers were asking for. But the engineering folks were adamant that the product and the design and the market needed. Oh, and the owner came from the engineering side, was strongly in favor. Classic. They hadn't really defined the problem or sought market feedback, and nobody had talked to any customers about the proposed product. I tried in vain to convince the owner and the engineering folks they were wrong. And I finally had to resign the engagement, which I tend to do when clients aren't listening. It was a plan that was destined to fail because they had failed to listen to the market or their own salespeople. Upshot, six months later, the product had failed in the marketplace. The owner fired the sales manager. And a year later, the engineering manager left for a better job, and they nearly filed for bankruptcy. They bet the farm on engineering knows best. Yikes. Oh, God only knows the number of next really neat looking products that people have invented for a so-called problem that really didn't exist. Well, it existed in the engineer's mind because you know, they're smarter than everybody. But even worse, Lonnie, are those that could have been successful. They could have been successful, but they failed to properly execute. Yes, yes. There's no question. Everyone that I know who talks to business owners will tell you, it's not so much they didn't have a plan. Even if it wasn't a well-detailed plan, they just failed to execute. And that brings me to the next point. You got to make sure that you have the resources and assign responsibilities, as you've said, for execution. You're talking about GPS. 
what good is GPS if you don't have enough gasoline in the car to take the trip? And you could have calculated that. I mean, you got this big truck. It's got 10 miles a gallon. You're trying to do a 400-mile trip in through the desert. And P.S., you've only got 20 gallons of gas in the car. My math as a CPA says you're only half the resources you need. So it's going to be a cool, lonely night in the desert with you and your truck. <laughs> you know, like, and I see this all the time. In fact, I got a client right now who's going to start a business. It's kind of an extension of what he's been doing as an employee and he wants to roll it out. And I say, well, we're going to do a cash flow forecast. He says, why? And I says, because what you told me you have in your bank ain't going to be enough. And I can do the math in my head. It's that simple. And never thought, and he said, you're right, Mike. The worst thing I could have told him to do is, yeah, go start your business today. And he would have yes, learned. And start it on a shoestring. Start it on a shoestring. That's the best part. Yeah. That's, it happens every you're day. You're destined to fail. And you know what yeah. happens every, talk about the restaurant industry, probably one of the highest failing rates because they almost always undercapitalize. Yes. Next, you got to figure out how you're going to manage the execution process. There's got to be a key person in the organization that should be assigned to manage, at least monitor, the overall execution process, reporting directly to the owner. The manager and the team members assigned responsibility for execution have to be given the authority to carry out the tasks that they're going to be held accountable for. Management commitment to the process has to be reiterated. Because this is most plans, they sit on the shelf. It's like they finish the plan and they're done. No, no, that's just the beginning. The value becomes diminished if we neglect to have a person also that's riding herd on this thing, shepherding the thing home. And that's going to be the most important thing in the planning and execution process. Irrespective of whether you monitor daily, weekly, or monthly, the frequency is certainly important. But any way you go about it, I would urge you to keep it formal. You don't need to hear a lecture from us telling you got to review results. Okay, honestly, you know, but you want to keep it a little more formal so it doesn't get loose and goosey and just fall by the wayside. And of course, keep the meeting short and sweet, but focused on monitoring results and whether they met expectations and hold people accountable. Accountability, we keep saying it. And to do that, we really urge you to have someone specifically assigned to do that. Lonnie, you're going to talk more about that, so I'm not going to cover that, but I want to bring that up that that's critical because it's relevant to what I said about having accountability. And feedback, we've talked about in other podcasts, the importance of feedback, whether it's percentage of the goal for sales or other things, but the more you can communicate in a simple fashion that people can absorb, the more they're likely to be paying attention. And whether you know it or not, Lonnie, the world of business does not give points for no? good intentions. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> or we'd yes, all be millionaires. Oh, my God. I see now. There's my mistake. See, now I thought that, oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie and I have always had good intentions. <laughs> and when you hear me say continue to review progress, you might be thinking, does this guy, Stan, think our team consists of a bunch of memory care patients? Of course not. But I do know that I learned a really valuable lesson. I've told this story before when I was made a partner in a large CPA firm. And I was a young guy. I was really way ahead of my time at the age when I think about it. And I hadn't been trained in this stuff. And I figured people said yes to whatever you asked them to do. It would get done. Well, <laughs> guess what? When it all was hitting the fan, because stuff wasn't getting done, I was making me crazy. The senior partner who had brought me in to be a partner said to me, let me tell you a little lesson. He's, 
People do what you inspect, not what you expect. Now, we're not saying become micromanagers. What we're saying is until you know the reliability of each team member, it's on your shoulders to make sure they're getting it done until you know you don't have to look or ask. So that's a valuable lesson. One of my clients' line was a $20 million distributor. He put that sign, people do what you inspect, perfect. expect on his wall. He loved it. He actually put it on his wall. The important thing here is that not only is it important for people to know that this is being watched, but have a way for everybody to watch it. You guys already know after 20 plus podcasts that I'm a sports guy. So for me, it's have a scoreboard that tracks progress. Okay. And it could be a simple Excel spreadsheet. It could be something more. But you see, here's the thing. What I typically have clients do is use a scoreboard that tracks the goals and critical KPIs on a monthly basis. How are they doing to let everybody know and make everyone a part of the plan that they're trying to accomplish? That's critical. That really is. Stan? I think we're ready to recap. Why don't you do that? My pleasure. And I'm thanking everyone on behalf of Lonnie and myself for taking the time to listen to this. So if you got your little notepad handy, here's something you can use as a checklist to compare against your own operations. Remember, it's a battle plan. And if you got a battle plan, the question is, are you making sure you're adapting to the market conditions so your plan can be modified and, of course, communicated to the rest of the team? And if you've got a team, make sure the commitment starts with everyone, not just the top but also the people who are actually executing a lot of the tasks. Thirdly, assessing it. You've got to continue to keep going back and looking to see where your status is, or I promise you, things will slip through the cracks. It's unbelievable. To I thought you were doing it, you thought you were doing it. As Lonnie once said, everyone thought someone was doing it, so nobody did it. And of course, identifying and addressing and dealing with the fixable problems. Don't let the things that could become later obstacles come when in the middle of the battle. Fix them before you go out in the battlefield. Next one is resources. Why start a trip that you don't have enough resources for? What does the SBA say? The biggest cause of small business failure is inadequate capital. That's all about resources. And the capital isn't just money. It's the people. I got tons of people saying, I don't need your help to help grow my business. I can't get enough people. Well, there you go. Why weren't you addressing this long before even the pandemic? Because your recruiting program sucked even under normal conditions. The next one was, of course, managing the execution. This is where really the rubber meets the road, the managing of the execution. Who's doing what? There's a reason that an orchestra has an orchestra leader. It's not because the orchestra people don't know how to play right. music. <laughs> I'm sure they could have <laughs> played it. But the probability that they're going to get out of sync is a lot more without an orchestra leader than That's with right. one. And lastly, you got to keep a scoreboard. As we said before, if you can't measure it, you can't really easily control it. So be sure to make sure you're tracking your score in terms of task completion and goal achievement. Stan and I sincerely thank you for spending your valuable time with us. And we invite you to share your war stories, ask questions, even request an invitation to be a guest at one of our virtual roundtables. Your feedback thus far has been wonderful. And it seems like we're on the mark about the issues of concern to you. But by all means, raise some new ones stuff you want us to talk about, and come take a test drive. See where it could take you and your business. Check us out at sbvirtualroundtables.com. 
In fact, we allow you three complimentary visits as our guest so you can be confident it's a mutual fit. We can promise you'll feel like one of the family sooner than you might expect. Listeners, have a very happy 2022, very successful. Thank you so much for your time. Happy New Year to all. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business, delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to svvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. 